What's up, everybody? Tyler here from the Antihero Podcast, and I'm selling out for an ad. However, none of this would be possible on the audio platforms without Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters allows me to record, edit, and distribute to all audio platforms for the Antihero Podcast. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, all you need is a mic and a computer. Hell, I don't even think you need that. I think you literally just need your phone. Spotify for Podcasters is for you, so give them a try. A battle, a battle. Everybody will tell you throughout time, battles are the last resort. Right. You know, anytime you can negotiate, that's right. You know, everybody wins, and you get better results. Yep. Because when there has to be a clash, someone's got to lose. Yeah. Essentially, and when you have a relationship that you've had for years, or during the off season of negotiations, it means it also expresses that when you are concerned about something or you take a big stance on something, it means a little bit more to each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you have that relationship. So I take it a relationship over, you know, over, over a battle any day, but I am not afraid of a battle. There's no doubt about that. Opening these things is always weird because, you know, it, some people like, uh, some people like, um, intros and other people like you to get right into it. So yeah, whatever, but yeah, I'm sitting here with Jeff. Um, he's how do in the law enforcement, are you considered a union rep or union member or so union president, union rep, union member, all, all the above. Okay. I mean, there's no specific uh, title other than I'm the president running our lodge. That's it. And then you're on the, and then for people that don't know, you're the law enforcement side and we also have civilians too. We don't uh, under the FOP brand. We do not. We only do law, sworn law enforcement. Really? Yep. Just the sworn deputy sheriffs. That's right. Okay, cool. Yep. Sergeant and below is covered in our bargaining unit. And no, but as far as like representation, like I had, if I were to have somebody, does anybody go into the internal affairs arena with me that would be a civilian or is it going to be sworn? It'll be a sworn, it'll be a sworn member. Okay. Uh, we, have, we have staff uh, that used to be cops that are now retired. That's, that's it. what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So we have staff representatives that we'll take into PSD investigations or the interview with you. Absolutely. Okay. So I guess, all right, so this, this entire episode is going to be based off a union because I had the, uh, the benefit of being a second generation cop. My dad retired. So ever since I can, my brain can remember, I've seen police work firsthand. Um, and I just, it's the same thing that's going on. It reminds me of the VFW, how um, they're just the younger generation is a more of a and it's 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 not anything against them, but it's more of a what a me, 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 me yeah. all the time. And it's less of about, um, I guess, like the job and, you know, I'm trying to the think of the right. of it. Yes. Brotherhood of it yeah. Like yeah. So I think what's unique about nowadays is like, you know, information is much more easily available uh, to this generation than like, you know, our predecessors of VFW. They go to these meetings to get the information. Yes. You know what I mean? So nowadays we're spoiled with, you know, social media. We can send out texts. We can do, you know, blogs real quick or even a podcast. I mean, this was never something that they did back in the day. You know what I mean? They'd have to watch local news for yeah. to get something like that. So I think that play that plays into it. And it's a generational thing. You know, um, they just want to know what, what can you do for me right now when I need the help? And other than that, they're good to go and just wait until they need that help. I talked to one of another union rep that, um, that you work with. And he was saying that, you know, when there's a meeting, you know, for the, the union meeting, it's a packed house when there's money involved. Oh yeah. And then anything else that really matters, you know, it's non-existent, you know? And so I guess like, we'll start it off with like, what is, if you could sum up 
the importance of a union that maybe people aren't thinking about when it again it's a it's a me 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 mentality and right, and I right, get it right but if people to watch this what's the importance of a union so in our line of work especially you know there's power in numbers right and so that's basically having everybody beating the same drum the same the same you know the same story the same method the same practices beating up be, getting on the same page and having these large groups is much more powerful than having one or two people uh you know, orchestrate something or work something out for you. So whether it's legislation like we're working on now, whether it's money when it comes time to contract negotiations and things like that, having the power of the numbers behind you when you're speaking for an issue is huge. I mean, it's, it, that should be self-explanatory. There's power in numbers. So, and then uh, it has it really taken a hit in the last, how long have you been involved in the union in law? Uh, this particular uh, union, well, actually the only union I've ever been involved in probably about nine or 10 years now. Okay. Yeah, in and some capacity. Last six as the president. And has it has it lost support from its own people in the no, last ten years? I, I what's interesting is our numbers have actually grown over really? the past several years. I think with everything that's gone on across the nation, uh, the importance of having, you know, criminal defense in our line of work, um, and the union representation with discipline going up and discipline cases getting more and more prevalent. It's just a natural thing. When you see these new people that get hired that's the first thing they want to ask is how do I become part of the FOP or okay. part of the union? That's I good. mean, it, that, that has never been the issue recruiting and, and maintaining our membership has really not been anything we've had to market because there's such a super, super importance for it. And I think people understand that even coming in the door, Do you get a chance to brief new cops. We do. Yeah. So currently we get an hour with our, uh, our new hires during their, their basic training yeah. class and everything else. We get an hour and it's, it's 98 to hundred percent every single time. Especially with your veteran cops that we're hiring now, yeah. that are coming from other agencies, they're asking, "Who do you have? How can we, how quick can we get it?" So the, one of the big questions that I was going to ask is, I know every state is different, mm-hmm. every everything is different for every uh, agency or department, but are we as cops ever going to get back um, fair discipline, or is that something that is just? we're losing that and that's just turning into the world of cop work and we have to accept that and work yeah. with what we got. So on a, on a national level, obviously discipline is, is more scrutinized for recent events and they want to know the cops pattern of discipline. So that's on a broader national scale here in Florida, our sheriffs, you know, and the sheriff's departments have the sheriff entity itself is a constitutional officer and they have tremendous, tremendous power when it comes to, to discipline. So the only way to do that is through collective bargaining. Um, is to try to c- combat that or legislatively um, because at the end of the day you can have all the appeals processes you want and if you work for a sheriff uh, the sheriff has that that ultimate authority on on all discipline so uh, as you're well familiar with for the agency that we're associated with um, you know we tried our members really wanted that this past negotiation mm-hmm. session and, and really the past two uh, times we've done it we've laid out the path work you know but it all comes down like you just said a few minutes ago when it comes to money you know, they want it. They want to hear the money. They're not willing to forego the money yeah. to to handle those bigger issues. And, and I think we did a really good job by and our members were very receptive to it was what good is a paycheck if you don't have job security? You yeah. don't have your job. I there. remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so um, at the end of the day, I think we did a great job. I think the contract came out well. Um, you're never going to get anything through those things. But discipline seems to be um, that death burning issue that we'll probably always battle here. And yeah. so there's two ways to look at it is one through negotiations or one is establishing the relationship a little better with with the admin and trying to be a little bit more involved in that discipline uh, prior to it getting to the point that it becomes such a big issue. You like know, like a, that. 
trust between the union and admin. Correct. Like, yeah. like if the union, if, if we're both working on one instance where an officer or a deputy is um, in the disciplinary process, it would be nice for, it would be nice in a perfect world for the leader of that agency to go, I trust the union and I trust my admin and I trust, Right. This this agreement this process. and I'm going to stay out of it. Right. Right. That's what I trust. So so like the different levels of, of appeals that you would have, you know, through whether it is, for instance, a, an administrative review captain or a disciplinary appeals board, you know, you're judged by your peers there. You know, mm-hmm. one's a captain that the uh, the chief or the or the sheriff in our case has given the power to review the case um, and the, 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 the actual meat and potatoes of the case and make a ruling on it. Should they stick by that ruling? Well, if I'm entrusting a captain to do that for me, then I probably should take his word, mm-hmm. his or her word. And then if you go to the Disciplinary Appeals Board, which is a is three panel, and they rule one way or the other in favor of the deputy or officer or against them, that should be as a chief executive of the agency. That should be, you know, okay. That's what I'm going with. There should be like an agreement there. Um, sometimes we don't have that. It's uh, you know they win all of their appeals processes and then still the ultimate decision is to either terminate or or a more heavy discipline than they was offered to impose. You know? Is that is that sometimes because an incident is publicized? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's crystal clear. If, if something makes the news, and, and again, I don't necessarily disagree with it if it brings all, all of us and tarnishes our badge. You know I mean? The FOP and certainly my stance is we don't want to keep people employed on a, you know, working for uh, the agency that, you know, we worked hard to be at and tarnish the badge yes, that exactly. I wear. So I think sometimes that gets kind of misconstrued, like, oh, the union's just going to protect everybody to fault. I, I'm telling everybody, absolutely not. If people know me, uh, they've talked talked to me in the past. They know my character. They know my board member's character. We're not gonna we're not gonna allow that to uh, to tarnish the hard work that we've done to earn our badge. You know what I mean? And so we'll protect them as much as we can within the constraints of the law. But that is what it is. Um, and so sometimes we have to we have to break ties with them. You know? Yeah. And I think for there's there's a lot of people that watch this podcast that aren't in law enforcement. They're just big supporters. And so for them, whatever state they live in and for to understand that like a union you know it's cops are going to make mistakes yeah, but it's yeah. not like sometimes when you work at a job if you fax the wrong email or you you mess up numbers on something that's a mistake at your job sure in law enforcement a mistake in a job could be pretty serious and right. as, as long as there's no um maliciousness or complete disregard you know um like no malice intent or just yeah or you're just like you know like have you ever seen like a mistake that's egregious like it's just really bad right, where right, right. other than those i think that and everybody would agree that law enforcement needs to be represented because yeah. you know mistakes happen and you know and again that's i think when you're coming in as a young super cop i did i you're paid my i paid mistakes. i paid my yeah. dues with that union but yeah, yeah. it is never going to happen to me right and then it happens sometimes, you know what I mean? And that, and that's, what's unique about it. You know, these guys come in and, and when you're young in your career, you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. just like in any job. Like you just said, you know, if you're entry level position, working your way up to something, you're going to make mistakes, but mistakes build character and, and helps you learn that job better just by making those mistakes. And unfortunately in our profession, those mistakes, a can be costly sometimes, you know? And so there is a little bit more scrutiny upon our profession uh, with that, but mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. You know? And, and, it's even when this is becoming a problem in law enforcement. Um, I've been, I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've never experienced it, but um, when you're doing everything right and it doesn't look good because of yep. 2023, you, as a cop, I assume I'm always on camera. Right. That is the best way. 
there's it's there's a, a traffic light camera on you. Yep. There's a doorbell camera on That's you. Right. There's a phone on you. So right. I always assume I am, and I'm smart enough now, and I think it comes with time to know every situation is different, and you um you can't talk to people certain ways, even though there's and it's just and sometimes just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, you should go to that until. And, you know, I think that that's another huge other than other than mistakes that happen. The other issue is when you don't do anything wrong, a union can come in very handy when it's because um, I've seen the posts that defend right. deputies and officers that yep. do the right thing. It's their personal opinion, whether or not they should have done it. And everybody, when there's a climax in an event, every single person is going to say I would or wouldn't have done it. At some point, it's per, it's it's not personal preference, but it's based off your experience, it's off what your you experience perceive. and your training, and maybe maybe a, an instance that you had prior to this yes. that you saw either went in a right direction or in a wrong direction. And now you're making a, a different decision on this one. That's there's gonna you could have one scenario and have in a thousand different ways, and people mm-hmm. are gonna perceive it. As long as in our stance, as long as it's within and how it should be, from the agency's perspective, is it should be was it within policy and training? I mean, it really comes down to that simple. No matter how pretty or how ugly the situation is was it within policy and was it within what we're trained to do and what a reasonable officer or deputy would have done in yeah. that same position you know and sometimes um when these highly publicized things get out uh it, unfortunately these officers and deputies have been completely well within uh training and well within policy uh but there's always that little something extra out there that's floated around that that's that's caused it to be bigger than it needed to be well and i think that sometimes leaders in our in our agencies and departments jump the gun um and i don't know if that's a lack of experience as being a leader or if that's just that's their way of controlling a political spectrum because i do believe most sheriffs and chiefs um most of them have they they're still cops Mm-hmm. Um, they have a way different job as a political figure yep. than uh, the their subordinates do on the street. Right. And uh, I'm a firm believer that sometimes, sometimes damage control in the political spectrum, when all the lights are going and the microphones and everybody kind of gets what they want. And right. then it's, you know, then there's another issue somewhere else down the road and another agency or county. And then, they're like, whoo, yeah, it, we're, we're and it's on. smoothed over. And, and that's very true. But at the same time, there's still a human human behind that, that that person that did that action or that deputy or that officer. You know, we shouldn't sell them down the river just for that that two seconds or that two minutes of media uh, coverage, because there yeah. will be another incident. I mean, look at the past several weeks here. I mean, if you did something two weeks ago, it's it's old news. By yeah. Now. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you've done mess. OK, that's old news. We've we've moved on. There's a lot bigger things. So I always look at it from. You know, the perspective when I'm when I'm doing my representation or when I'm, you know, assigning our people is like you got to put yourself in their perspective, what they knew at the time. And sometimes that's hard for even an investigator uh, or certainly a chief or sheriff to say, hey, look, I've got all this information after the fact. You know what I mean? I've got all this other stuff. But what was the officer thinking at the time? What did what information did he have he or she have at that particular time? Right. Yeah. And. A lot of the times that's kind of overlooked, you know what I mean? And they're like, well, you should have known. Well, it would have been nice to know fast forward five minutes in life when I had that information, when I made that decision. And sometimes that scrutiny, um, it, it costs them big time, whether it's through discipline or, or maybe even losing their job when quick, that quick decision they make. So, okay, I want to become, let's say, and I do, this is a true thing. Right, right, right. I need to be 
I'm one of those guys that say, what, when is those union meetings again, right, Jeff? Right, and you're right, like, right. it's the same time. The same time, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to get to there, but I am. <laughs> and I just want to know, like almost like real talk. Yep. If you become uh, you an active member in the union and then you start to grow within yep. 10 years, um, is are you going to be treated? I know on paper, no. But in in the real world, right. will you be treated unfairly by your administration? So anytime you're in the in the spotlight more, you're more scrutinized. So let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So uh, what's unique about and I, I can only speak for myself and some of the some of the guys that have expressed certain things to me on my team. So anything that's done, whether I'm representing you or somebody else, well, whose signature is at the bottom of that form? This guy, mm-hmm. right? So there happens. There's a little more scrutiny when you see somebody's name continually coming across your desk, whether it's the same deputy that's in trouble or the person filing the the grievance or the the per complaint whatever it is unfortunately that's that's my that's my name that's my responsibilities right so i would say you do get a little more scrutinized uh for it but i will tell you this it's all about how you compose yourself and carry yourself and the relationships you build whether you agree i can like somebody a lot i don't have to agree with them 100 percent of the time love you don't have to agree with you every percent of the time mm-hmm. but that should not affect that relationship, right? Yeah. And so I think that's important. That's what I really in, in put into my guys on our team is, hey, listen, you have your set of morals. You have your set of guidelines. Stick to them, right? Don't waver off of that. But I try to establish relationships that we can work through some of these issues. And I can tell you this. Um, our predecessor sheriff, it wasn't great until the last couple of years uh, relationship-wise. Under this sheriff, it got started off really good. Then it got rocky really quick. Yeah. And then and then it's back to being somewhat, you know, um, Harmonious is that the right word to yeah. use? I don't know. It, it, there's a more of a working relationship now, and I think that comes with time and trust. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, yeah, you are scrutinized a little more, right? Is it a bad thing? I don't think so, because as long as you stand for your morals and your characters, who can tell you anything different? You know what I mean? As long as you're, it's your principles. You know what I mean? And so, as far as the job wise, probably does affect. You know, uh, the higher up you go in it, the more exposed you are. Probably does, but for the people that are just coming to, to represent and be a part of our fraternal organization, yeah. and and be a part of the stuff we do in the community, that's all positives. And there's been a lot of people that have benefited from being a part of that. I would say you'd probably learn a lot too. Oh, yeah. Like, so if I was year one deputy Tyler, and I was like, okay, this union thing's pretty cool, but in 10 years or in 15 years, I plan on being a lieutenant, captain, Mm -hmm. major. That's my life goal. Sure. I would think that it would be really good experience, and you would be a better leader if you served... I'm going to call it the other side. Sure. Because it is, it is, I was like you said, I I would keep it business and I would keep it respectful. That's right. If you can keep it business related, you know, like two lawyers in a courtroom, they don't hate each other. They go out to, they go eat wings with each other. Exactly. And they're on the boat the weekend together. They're doing the fishing and everything else together. It's just business. Don't get, don't take everything too personal and and show respect to the other side. And then I feel like, um, you know, my first question was not saying you would, but if Jeff was like, you know what, once, I want to move up in rank. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know if, I guess it would be based off, like you just said, your reputation and your relationships with the people whose deaths are going to come across. Like, right, you know. right. And you know, what sometimes that, what I see across our state and across our nation when I, you know, visit these different conferences and see the different exposure that the different unions have with, leadership has with their agency is, is sometimes people get into this business, my side of the business, for the wrong reasons. You know, they want to get into it and like, you know, screw over the agency or they got they, they got screwed over one time. Though That's the wrong yeah. approach. It's like the, the, the guy that become a cop because of that reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's completely the wrong approach. You shouldn't get into the representation because 
you were done wrong one time mm -hmm. or you have a, an axe to grind. It truly, and it sounds cheesy and cliche and everything else, but we get into cop work to what? Serve our community yeah. and better our community, right? That's the exact same thing for the union side, at least in law enforcement, the FOP for sure, is to just make our conditions better and to represent our people. There's nothing uh, better than making, you know, the lives of our deputies and their families better. Uh, I mean, I talk about that all the time, that negotiations and things like that. That's truly what we're here to do and represent and to make their lives while they're working at this agency better. We had, we both came from another agency. Right. And I was going to jump into the the topic of what would people have issues with, with, what are some gripes that just common street cops have with their own union? Because we came from a union that was led, I don't want to be insulting, but I, it was led by somebody who had personal access to grind. Yes. And he, everything he did, everybody in the agency was like, what are you doing? No. Right. And, right. um, you know, like what, are, what would be some gripes that people would have with their unions that their unions need to fix for their people? Sure. I, just, I can just take our, our union, for example, you know, I think communication is huge, right? In a day and era when people can get on their phone and flip through Twitter and Facebook and all that, what are we doing to communicate to our members, uh, information, right? So we're launching like a, a new app where it has more of a social media feel. So I'm big on communication. I know sometimes you talk to, you know, I, when I worked on the street, I'm on a side. I don't get to see the B side people as much, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or the different platoons, right? So how do I effectively communicate and how does my staff effectively communicate to our members? Well, it's got to be through what they're going to read. If I send you a five page email, you're probably not going to read it. I send you you know, I just had one the other day. I was like, good luck in Tallahassee. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. get the, I'll get the cliff notes. And, at and, the and end. I'll spend hours <laughs> making it look great. Have, you know, this great, you know, pair, have two or three people proofread it. And then people will be like, oh man, great. Cool. You know, that was the we first trust you. Yeah. That was, and, and, and that's part of it, you know, and that, and that's cool, but sometimes scary, but, um, you know, you could put all that, that stuff out and they're not going to read it. So how do we, you know, make a small bullet point? How do we reach them? And I would say the, the biggest complaint I get from membership is that communication, right? Mm -hmm. But on the same note, we have all these applications and websites and I can't get people to put their personal email address versus their agency email address to receive the yeah. information. So on one hand, they're griping about communication and I'm all about it. I understand it. But what are, you're not, you have to take some step to make sure that you're getting that information. You know what I mean? If your bank told you, hey, sign up for this app, you're probably going to do it, right? Yeah. Because you can get the information. Well, if we're asking you and you're not doing it, then how do we, how do we effectively communicate with you? Yeah, and I think I mean it's like I said I brought up the VFW at the very beginning, but that's I went in there. Um, we're throwing a we're throwing a PTSD benefit show, mm -hmm. uh, and we're using the VFW that they they graciously cut us a huge discount on because we're donating to the charity that they're working with. Oh, that's um, cool. And one of their things, I was talking to one of the guys, and they were talking about membership, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm a lifetime member," and they're like, "Why don't you transfer here?" And I was like, "I know I'm guilty of it," <laughs> and then uh. But I, we were talking about it's you don't have any new blood in there. And it, the hard thing about keeping new blood in is it's not it's a, it's all the gimme things. It's yep. like, you know, the VFW are they're strict veterans that go in there weekly or daily and they do a thing because a member of a community. Mm -hmm. and I feel like, you know, just keeping new blood in it means that it needs to, you know, because I was talking to one of your counterparts and he said, you know, it's it's scary because at the time, this was maybe a year ago. Right. He said at at that probably time, not much has changed. So. Well, he yeah, he <laughs> said, uh, you know, me and so and so and so and so and so and so, we only got X amount of years left, That's and y'all are on your own. Right. We'll help with what we can, but right. we're gonna enjoy retirement. Right. And 
he was like, it's very important to bring in new people who can just culture wise, not necessarily one union or one FOP, right. but the culture needs to be like the torch, you know, yep. like, Hey, do, yeah. you, we need to send this message and do this job. However, this new generation wants to do it. That's totally fine. Right. But it needs to get done because, you know, I guarantee you as soon as admin in general in law enforcement starts getting whiffs of no unions. Right. Oh, it's going to, and that's almost like war. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, and so what's unique, what's unique about that is, is like, you know, constantly trying to get young people involved. Like when I took over, when I first got sworn in, I'm like, man, am I, am I got to slit like a goat and cut my hand? And like, are we sacrificing the chicken? You know, what are, what are we doing here? And it wasn't that way, but it was all a bunch of old timers that had a lot of institutional knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's important anywhere you go to have institutional knowledge. But did they have the vision to move things forward? And I would say that was lacking, you know, 10 years ago, right? And trying to fix that, is it perfect now? Absolutely not. But you have younger people getting involved, not just here locally, on a state level, it's the same thing. A bunch of, you know, retired people that are retired 10 or 12 years that are still holding on to it for some reason. I don't, I don't understand it, but they're holding on to it. It's time for younger blood to move through, you know? Um, and when I came up um, through our lodge and then eventually become a president, that was, that was kind of the, the theme and we gained, you know, four or five young er people yeah. uh, to hold those positions. But now that I'm getting towards, you know, the end of my career, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to be one of those guys um, that I had when I came up holding on to it. No, no, no. I want to do the best job I can while I'm here and affect change in a positive direction, but we've got to pass that torch. Mm-hmm. And so when you've talked to the, you know our counterparts and other people on our board, that's the exact same thing. There's a, there's a span of five, five years to about, 12 years where that all of that knowledge could be out the door. And that's just like an agency. You want to have that institutional stay and prepare the next yeah. person. And it's just as important uh, in our line of work with, with the union, you know, the union quote or whatever it is, or negotiations or just how our agency operates to make sure that we're training some young people to take over once we're gone. So, yeah. cause when I'm done, buddy, I'm hanging up the badge, I'll hang it up. I'll come help out however I can, but I, I want to make sure that there's people there that, t- that take the torch and move on. Yeah. Well, and I think that, even just if one union does it right. If like, if someone sees like, dude, you see what that lodge is doing? Like we can do that. And then again, like law enforcement just in general is becoming a harder and harder job. And sometimes I can't figure out if I'm getting old or if I'm like, is this what they thought when they were, you know, seven years in, you know, it's like, am I getting old or is it, is it, you know, is it rapidly changing? And I like, for instance, like the body worn camera stuff, like I, came in on body cameras like my the agency i worked for was just implementing them so trainees got them my fto didn't have one like but i had one so some of the body worn camera stuff to me wasn't if if you're brought in right it's not that challenging i realized about five years in the way things change and it's like okay and then the frustrations i can only imagine 10 15 20 years in like when you get those like salty cops and it's like you hate it for them because they just couldn't take the change anymore. They can't take it, and yeah. the more you can, the more you can evolve with times and understand. But I think the problem is, is that we have to sometimes when things are changing and it's getting a little ridiculous, it's good to have the union community. That's right. Be like, no, right. you know, we, this has to. And that's what we're, and that's what we're lacking. You know, you know, we have 1300 plus members, right? That sounds great on paper, mm-hmm. right? But I can call and say, I need, need somebody that need a group of people to come down. And I won't get anybody. You look at the firefighters; they can have two hundred people there, no, t- no, no doubt mm. they'll have them. That's right? interesting. But, but I, I figured, you know, over the years, I've thought about that. Why is that? Well, 
we're such a spread out agency to begin with, uh, you know, working for a large agency. I don't, I can't speak for smaller agencies, yeah. but we're all over the county. Oh right? yeah. We're different counties. We're, we're completely, we're completely different, yeah. you know, uh, how, how we're structured. Um, and to get people to, to take away from their family life, right. That's, that's not, I don't want that to happen. Uh, you know, their kids, you know, if they're taking other school education, they do anything extracurricular church, whatever they're doing, they shouldn't have to for, forego any of that. Right. So to get them to come to a meeting or to a, to push an issue, even during negotiations, it's just simply not going to happen. It, it's just, it's not there like that anymore. Yeah. And we're not set up for that. Well, hopefully we can build back the culture. I hope so. A I lot of so. the stuff I do, it's a shot in the dark, but you know, on my personal brand or my clothing company or the podcast is like, this would be a good time for the plug, by the way. Well, actually I want to talk something that you were just involved with. I told, uh, you know, my, doing my part again, anything I can do in my part is, uh, um, and I'll put something up. We just had a deputy named Mike. Uh, he, he suffered a training incident, you know, do he was a mixed martial artist. He was training. Um, he suffered an, an injury and rapidly uh, declined and and ultimately passed away very fast. Um, there was no preparation. There was no nothing. Um, he left behind uh, three children, two of which his, his, he had two boys that he posted on social media with almost every day. He was like father of the year. I remember looking at his social media going, I need to be more of a father like Mike. Um, and he just had a baby. Yep. Um, and then this all happened. So his family has a GoFundMe. Um, if anybody could do anything, donate, you know, five bucks, 20 bucks, anything, it, it'll help that family. Um, especially because just, again, there was, it's the way it happened. Um, funds aren't available immediately. It, I guess is the biggest thing. And this helps with those immediate funds. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's tragic, man. Absolutely tragic. Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes when you do a podcast, you don't know, I don't know what's been released. I don't right. know who knows what. So right. I have to be very vague. And sometimes, sure. you know, when you're sure. s- when you're too vague, you're not conveying the message. Right. Yeah. You but, don't want to um, give way too much, you know, for the family and everything else. But you were involved in that too. Oh, there? very tragic. Yeah, very tragic. Um, he declined so fast, man. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. And you know, people don't. I mean, some people do. I shouldn't say people don't. But like you said, you know, money, funny, the funny, the funding isn't available right away. Mm-hmm. You know, there's. His paycheck, the last paycheck he cashed in the hours that he worked on that pay period, that's it for that for that week, you yeah. know. And so that's why it's so important for organizations. And of course, you know, obviously we were involved heavily with that, um, and the GoFundMe account and all that. That stuff comes later, but the immediate stuff people don't see all the time. And that's yeah. what's unique about our organization is, is in a lot of our own members, and not that they should, to be honest with you, because some of that's private, you know. What yeah. I mean? Um, and not just in, in Mike's case and his family's case, but. You know, organizations always, always helping out our members that they probably will never, our other members will never see. You know what I mean? That's a huge benefit of being part of our organization because not only are we a fraternal and a union, but we have our foundation. You know what I mean? So we take care of, we put roofs on people's houses. We've done, you know, uh, septic tanks. We've uh, really? helped pay car payments. We've helped, you know, we've helped do a lot through our foundation that I'm extremely proud of above and beyond what you see that we do in the community. And so that's part of being part of that union is having that backing to be able to do that stuff, affect change like that and help somebody out in our community, whether they're our, our coworker or the kids on Christmas. I know you were part of that, yeah. uh, that event that we did this, this last Christmas. And we've done, the FOP's done that 30 plus years. Uh, and this year was the first year we did it combined uh, with our agency. And you get to be a part of that. So it's not just the union stigma. Uh, there's, bigger, there's bigger things that we do than just, just that. 
So you guys, what do, do you guys do anything as far as uh? You guys, do you get? I've always wondered this. Do you guys ever do anything with admin that's like together? Again, I'm not trying to say that there has to be this line and it's battle right. all the time. No, it's not because it's not. It's not know. that way. I think people see it. And it's convenient for people to think that. Yeah, it's easier. Uh, but it's not. I mean, we meet on a monthly basis with them, whether it's at the office or at lunch somewhere. Um, before COVID, obviously COVID screwed up, screwed up a lot of things in people's lives. But organizationally wise, once a year we did our, our banquet uh, where we had uh, you know members come. We had politicians from the community and our own sheriff and admin staff and just kind of broke bread together. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it's not as um, you know aggressive as people think or constantly at each other's throat. It's really really not. Yeah, a battle a battle. Everybody will tell you throughout time battles are the last resort. Right. Anytime you can negotiate, that's right. You know, everybody wins and you get better results. Yep. Because when there has to be a clash, someone's got to lose. Yeah. Essentially. And when you have a relationship that you've had for years or during the off season of negotiations, it means it also expresses that when you are concerned about something or you take a big stance on something, it means a little bit more to each other, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you have that relationship. So I take a relationship over, you know, over, over a battle any day, but I am not afraid of a battle. There's no doubt about that. And I think the people that I surround myself with and the people at the agency, um, they understand that they respect that, but it almost means more because of the relationship we have the other 360 days a year, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, versus just that particular season yeah, that we're negotiating. I can see you know that. What I mean? Like it's, it's like when you get into an argument with a friend, right? You're not going to throw away 10 years of friendship. No, no, yeah. correct. Exactly. And there, and at the end of the day, a lot of these people now with all these promotions that we've had, I went through my career with, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I was on the street with, um, and so there's that mutual history and friendship and relationship that you have. Now they're in these these super cool roles. Good for them. You yeah, know, they promoted up. And the and the union, your union. When I say your union, everybody's union has got to stay active because sure. when you have the union with people retiring and new members coming in, you also got your internal affairs division yep. constantly changing, and you got your admin, and then your your head of your agency is changing, what every four to eight years. Yep. So keeping you know staying if you if you only go if you're only active or not i don't want to say active but you're only showing showing out when you have to you might go to bat and then there would be a whole new crop of people out oh, there yeah. across the table yeah. so it's hard to keep those relationships but um you're in tallahassee currently that's right while we're doing this you're you're in here right now but right you're i'm here back. now yeah i don't know where i'm at sometimes <laughs> right now this past <laughs> these past few weeks have been a blur but yeah yeah so i'm here now 25 the work, Florida, the Florida FRS system, the retirement system, when you work for tons of different entities, is 30 years high risk. Special risk, high risk. Yes, and sir. that started when I moved here before I became a cop. That started with Rick Scott. Rick's, Governor Rick Scott in 2011. Yeah. Can you, uh, if you could talk to me like I'm seven, how did that <laughs> all happen? Because I don't understand any of it. Sure. That. So obviously, I think you know what happened in 2008, the housing market mm -hmm. and yeah. just everything else. I mean, the, the state was in an you know, dire straits. And I use air quotes because it, I think it just depends on how you looked at it, right? The mm -hmm. financial market obviously was, um, housing market, no doubt. But what was unique is our Florida retirement system was, and don't quote me on this, but it was high 80 or nine, low 90% funded, which was like second in the country for a retirement system, which was huge. So it didn't have any problems. Yeah. Right? Uh, but typical legislators, they see a pot yeah. of money. Yeah. Like, Hey, yeah. what? <laughs> what about that? Why does that look so good in times like these? Yeah, and that's yeah. and, and that's about as basic as it as I can explain is that that was still the shining star left on the 
on the page. And they said, okay, well, we need to make some adjustments to that. And so in 2011, the uh, legislature um, changed it from 25 years of service to 30 years of service uh, for high risk, um, changed the multiplier in retirement, your COLA, uh, the cost of living increase that you would get. It used to be 3%. I think at one point it was as low as like 1.18%, mm. which is which is nothing nowadays when these people are retiring. And so that happened in 2011. It was a big shock to the system. And not only that, everybody that was already in the system had to pay 3% out of their paycheck. Mm-hmm. Now, you ask me, I have no, I have, I have no problem. I don't care who talk, who listens to this and hears. I have no problem paying into my retirement. Let me make that very clear. But it wasn't what I was promised when I started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll fight that battle all day long. But I don't, I don't care. 3%, no problem to pay it. So you fast forward now, all these people hired after 2011, got to do 30 years have to, to get their, their retirement or, or reach age 60. Do you blame the union culture for that in 2011 or was there nothing they could there do? Was, let me tell you, there was nothing that was going to stop that freight train. And nothing like, and I'll be honest with you, nothing that's going to stop the freight train, what's happening now, yeah. could change that either. We just happen to be on the same train with them right now on this legislature. Okay. You know what I mean? And we can get to that in just a minute. But how that, how that worked is it changed the culture in law enforcement. I mean, you, before... You know, say you get a 24, 25 year old guy or, or lady out of college, 25, 26 years old out of college. Now they're going to be 55, 56, you know, minimum before they're ever going to be able to retire because of 30 years. Yeah, of a system. high stress job. On a high and stress then job. Statistically, croak in five years from a oh, heart attack. Absolutely. I think the numbers were even worse <laughs> back then. I think, I think we've actually gotten better as a workforce. But back then, I mean, I think people was, you know, two or three years, you know, they were having, they were severe they were health out. issues. Yeah, yeah, severe health issues. And so, that obviously hurt recruiting for guys like you and I because in our agencies we serve because if I'm a young guy, I'm going to do 20 years at a, a municipality or 30 years mm-hmm. uh, at a state agency or, or a county uh, sheriff's office. That hurt recruiting for many, many years. Um, and so finally, finally, uh, we've got the right legislature, we've got the right governor, uh, who in my opinion is, is awesome, uh, that took a stance that, hey, we need to fix these things. And we got some great legislators that said, hey, we need to repeal that stuff that happened in 2011. And so they did. Uh, one of the first bills that was put forward was with the FOP, the PPA, all the different unions, the Florida Sheriff's Association, Florida Chiefs Association. Everybody was on the same page, which happens very rarely. Yeah, that's pretty uh, I mean, cool. it's, this is this is milestone, huge. Um, said, hey, we need to fix this. And they put the legislative uh, packet together, the bill together, and it's it's flowing through committee with flying colors to move it back to 25 years. And I think that's the, the whole point of this is – a union can show and can harness the desire for everybody sitting involved in this, right. whether they're cops or not, are like, we need the police. Right. We need the police. Yep. Okay. And I'm not, and it's a public service job and I don't ask for anything, but I do ask for fair conditions. That's right. And I want fair conditions and I want, I want less than 30 year retirement. That's what I want. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I, if let's say I do 15 years and, or 10 years and I'm done, you know, there's people jumping ship from agency to agency and some people are getting out in record numbers. I've five of my friends in the last like four months, friends have left law enforcement. So that's not, even saying how many people. And so to say, all right, everybody gets, everybody's in agreements. We need uh, law and order, which means we need cops, which means, something like this happens. I think that's how everybody gets on And, the and think age. about this. It didn't just affect cops in our world, but it affected firefighters. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. That, you know, so think about that, that power that you have between cops and firefighters. Well, that's your first responders right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And, and this legislator said, no, we need it. We need to fix it. And, and the hidden agenda is this is it's going to keep, it's going to, it's going to help people get into the job and recruiting. Right. But it's also going to help retention because yes. one of the things that they've brought up now is bringing back the cola and extending the drop. You know what I mean? The drop uh, portion in the, in the percentage that you get in drop. So they, they're smart they know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And they've tackled all of those big issues to say, Hey, we're not only going to recruit now, but this is going to help us retain. And now it puts the burden on the local agencies, you know, whether it's the sheriff's office or, or, or a state or a city uh, pension plan that's in the FRS, whatever those people are, to make the benefits and the pay at their particular agencies a little more aggressive. Yeah. Because now that argument's gone. Uh, you got 20 years versus 25 years. People will see a sheriff's office or a state agency as, I mean, I can go anywhere. Yeah, a lot of agencies. there's a lot of benefits to working for a, a lot of agencies. Or yeah. state. You work for a municipality, you work six or seven years, and no dig to our. I love our brothers, you know, across the pond from us, right here, right, ne- right next to us. Hey, but a detective's got to die or retire before exactly, you get that spot. exactly. <laughs> you know, I work six or seven years as a street cop. Oh, I'm down, I'm graduating to downtown bikes. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute, in six or seven years, a deputy sheriff could have moved three different places. You and know, what I mean? motorcycle, motors, detective, been whatever. And it's know? all the little. Here you go. And yeah. The cops are the worst. worst. They'll chase taking, the money, buddy. They'll chase the money. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, they just opened up uh, a certain squad at this agency and they're pro they're pro police again. And, then, and so everybody jumps ship and you're like, right. do you not remember five years ago what happened to all right. those units? You know, exactly. and so it, right. and I will say this currently. And this is all this is law enforcement wide. Beards. Oh, and yeah. I just, Lord. this is more of a joke Good because Lord. it's the stupidest thing to care about. Right. Yet everybody on each spectrum is holding on Ugh. to, and everybody in the middle that has a brain cell is like, right. who cares who about cares? these beards? Right. And I really believe this is a tactic. This is, this is not Jeff from the union. This is Tyler right. who has no, <laughs> I may agree with it. So hold on. <laughs> Every leader that has not released or has not given permission for something is using it. For when they do something so drastically oh, dumb, yeah. they can go, here's your beards. And everybody's right. like, all right, we forgive you. We got right. our beards. Right. So it's such and, easy. And, and lately, it's been a big morale booster for places, right? Mm. And so I, I find it ironic. Listen, man, I can't grow a beard. It's patchy as all get out. I'm not the guy to fight it for you. But uh, I, w- I will. We have. Uh, it, it just you see some of these other agencies use it as huge morale boosters. And I, and I support that. We should have little things like that, that that boost your morale. But then some places are holding on. They're yeah. holding that back, and they're like, "Nope, it ain't gonna happen." Even tattoos. I mean, you got hired. When, when did you start down here? Uh, I was still index carded. Okay, so you were yeah. still under the index card. So like that was like, like, are you kidding me? We gotta have a three by five card, and it's gotta cover that, well, or you know. I remember when that came out. It came out as an email, right? And that yeah. was it. And we're still, we're all getting all these cops are getting sleeve tattoos Sleeves, yeah. based off of a promise in an email, and I don't think right. anything's right. That, I can remember the days of sitting there and, and with our with our HR, our respective HR and the agency going, well, what about, you know, black sleeves? You know, remember the yeah. the, uh, the compression sleeves and all that? We'll approve that. Then it was the three by five card. So you look at the natural progression of things. And even still, all the all the tattooed policy is just it's just in policy. There's I know. No that's life. what I'm saying. We're, we're all getting inked up based off right. of the promise. And it said... Right. I remember our particular agency, the email was like... It, it was very pro-tattoo. Sure. And our, sure. And our lead and our sheriff was trying to say like, hey... I, I want you to have it. He's like the public we're, we're, we're trying to figure out. So it was like a six month trial. Sure. Yeah. And he was like, if we get bad feedback, we're going to have to just go back to right. our regular policy. 
However, I think that's it in like that's two and a half years. So, so <laughs> I, I mean, I fully support that because I think everybody knew at the time, oh man, the public is not going to have an issue with this, yes. right? So I think everybody's like, all right, you know, and then people were going to get, I mean, a tattoo artist made a killing you know, had to. in this county. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they made a killing that time. But at the same time, not having it governed by some kind of verbiage in the contract yes. was, was obviously not sit, sit well with us, you know? And so like this last time we, we, we pushed for it, but there was just pushback for even yeah. amending that to make it permanent. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I can remember the days, I can, you know, it was probably just before you got here, we were turning people down left and right for having these tattoos. You're talking about guys that serve this country. Yeah. And I remember one particular case, the guy had the full sleeve, uh, had, you know, four or five of his buddies that were killed in line, you know, over there in, in Afghanistan, Iraq and everything else. I mean, just a cool tattoo and everything else. Uh, recipient of all these awards in the military, sharp looking guy, somebody you'd want protecting yeah. your community. And at the time, different administration um, said no mm. and kicked him out of the process. He goes to work for our counterparts <laughs> and is like a stud. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got he's all these, the ball he's, I'm like, one. how did we miss out on that talent for something silly as that? You know? <laughs> and I look at that way the same with the beards. People, I'm telling you, there's people that will not come to this agency because we don't have a beard policy. I know. It's and crazy. It's, it's crazy. And, and it could be worse. I, I look at other sheriffs. There was another podcast that interviewed, uh, well, he was on a podcast, so I'll say, he was Wayne Ivey. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, in my administration, you will not have outer cares. Yeah. Don't bring it up again. Right. And it's just, and that that's even, outer carriers have scientific medical proof. Oh, 100%. That you need these for your the well-being of your officers. And yep. there's just still... And that's what happened. You know, then you got, like you said, sheriff's office capitalizing on it, hitting social media, going tattoos, beards. We love that. Come on. Come on right. over. And that's what's going to be unique over these next few years. Back to the, the whole thing about the retirement is that's now going to be kind of a moot point. You know what I mean? They're going to have to move on to see what kind of other fringe benefits they can get to attract people. I mean, otherwise... What you're going to miss the boat because another agency is going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I forget what the sheriff was. was just on a podcast um, talking about, you know, bring on the beards, bring on the tattoos. We're, we're letting it all. And that's cool. And that's what people that's what people want, I guess. You know, that's what the workforce wants. But he probably instantly his percentages went up on applicants. I guarantee oh, you. Oh, it's Lee County. Uh, was it Lee County? I think it was Lee County. Yeah. yeah Carmine. Yeah, sheriff Carmine. Yeah. 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 He did. I guarantee you. I mean, that there could be a bunch of other crap at that agency, right? Yeah. I'm not saying there is, but there could be. But because he made that statement. Oh, that I've, t- I've heard people talking. I had to talk people off the ledge. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know how much money you make, yeah. where you're at, yeah. right? You know? Right, right. We, the, our, we are very blessed yes. uh, people. Um, and, you know, there's always the gripers and moaners, and I get that, right? But we as an agency, even the admin, everything else, we are very blessed with what we have. Yeah. And sometimes people don't see that. I want to get your opinion, and this can be, this is going to have to be opinion based, just how how you see the future playing out. We just we just released an episode on social media. Uh, we talk a lot of points about it's such a rapidly evolving thing, mm-hmm. and the information the disinformation era hit hit society so hard that people are catching up to it. Um, the only ones that are fluid in it like really fluid in it are professionals that do it for a living and kids. Yep. Youth. Yep. Um, that being said, social media, kind of things I want to get your opinion on advice, advice for young cops, advice for admin who don't understand it and advice for just in general, because I don't like going to briefings and hearing an old crusty sergeant say, just don't be on it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like that, 
mindset is not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's not going to resonate with anybody. No. They're and it's going to turn you off. Because we brought up that, you know, the cops that are coming in the doors today, they were brought up. They were the one, they were the kids handed at 12 years old, cell phone, Apple. Yeah. yeah. And they've been on Instagram since 13 and 14. They've been on Facebook. You can't tell those kids, you know, and, and I don't like the double standard, which again, we talked about in that episode. I really agree that we could be using social media in law, uh, entities can be using it more, but sure. they need to use it right. for engagement. But uh, there's certain things that I could catch heat for posting. I don't want to say heat, but, or Scrutiny. if the agency yep. posts it of me, right. Hey, it's free game. Cause they, right. but what's your opinions on that? So, so social media in, in the short words is like the devil, right? Yeah. So to speak, I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to embrace it, right? You're, you're stupid as an agency or a person for not embracing it. And for people, like you said, the old crusty sergeant, that's saying, just don't be on it you're immediately turning people off because that's their information source. You know, probably back in his day, you went home and sat in front of the TV at five o'clock to get your news. Right. And that's how you got it. Like we talked about before this, people are so information hungry nowadays that they want to see stuff in real time. So social media has to be embraced. What I can tell you from a deputy sheriff standpoint is, is it as far as having anything on your social media page that you are affiliated with your particular agency, I can speak for ours because of our, our discipline uh, history here is anything that, is somewhat questionable. Anything that somebody might think is questionable. You're somebody, talking about anything, not any, just a uniform. Post, anything, anything, anything. Because right? if you can be uniform. tied into it, right? If your account can be tied back to your agency in any way, shape, or form, leaving agencies out of it by name, but your profile puts you into the agency's realm of possibilities that you're attached to them, mm-hmm. and there is something controversial or you like something. You know, you yeah. heart something, you whatever the emojis are that you use without even really establishing an opinion, okay, could be perceived as bringing disc- discredit to the sheriff's office, yep. you know, or to your particular agency. And that has been a tremendous amount of our discipline in the past two or three years, three or four years, tremendous amount. Is it? And, and so what I would tell people is, and what I, I just had this conversation with one of our members the other day is, hey, look. What you just sent to me, awesome. Let's have a good laugh about it. Let's talk about it, and then don't post it. Yeah, right. Because what what are you trying to gauge out? You're trying to either gauge you know f- likes or fun, you know, laughing with your buddy. Show your buddies it, and then delete it. Yeah. Don't put it out there on the social media because once it's there, even if you delete it a couple hours later, that ship has already sailed. It's there. Yeah, it's it's hard because, um, again, it's it's so new and it's so vague. Mm-hmm. It's and it's vague for a reason. I wish. And this is what I said is that I wish that agencies would just be like, hey, black and white rules because right. um, it's, and it's also people's common sense levels are different, too. Oh, I'm not going to go. Thereof. I'm right. not going to go um, like or comment or follow something where I'm like, OK, this would clearly be in the eyes of the public and my administration. Yep. Bad. Correct. And hopefully. You know, let's just say certain things like um, if you like something that's racist or sexist Mm -hmm. or homophobic, ideally, we're not hiring cops that are that. Right. I don't want to work with people like that. So to me, it's not a problem. But, you know, you got people that take jokes a little too far and send things that are they might not mean it, but it's they it's their humor, their realm, their release at the time, too. That's that's the other thing, you know. 
our in our world we're so we see a lot of bad things you know we dark see humor. dark humor you know and that the average person just will not get mm-hmm. okay just from our experience that we've seen and where you and I could sit in a room and laugh all day about something and we know that each other is not racist homophobic we could know that we could yeah. have that understanding that third person or that person in the public seeing that that doesn't have our relationship or that experience of our job takes it completely out in left field and now and and, now and it's I a complaint. and and I think the culture, if we is we as cops could bring back the culture of like police week, the big yep. things where everybody was. We could have the bar talks that whatever the dark humor that the rest of people don't get. That's that's not a new thing. Dark humor right. has been used by first responders probably since it's been around. Uh, yeah, and that's why you have pubs that are you know bars that are strong with law enforcement and yep. firefighters because yep. that's a place where they can get together. They can decompress. release it. They can decompress. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, cause not only to the public, a lot of people's family and wives don't understand, right. you know, and so to get with your buddies, but I feel like if that, that culture's broken, uh, people are, um, th- it's not going to fix it, but right. well, you know, one thing, one thing in one of your earlier podcasts, you were talking about, does that happen anymore, though? Us getting in groups and going out in, in the pubs and stuff. And I, I would say very rare, far and few between. You know, I think it was one of your previous mm-hmm. podcasts where you talked about camaraderie and things like yeah. that. And yeah, we have it when we're working. We'll yeah. meet up. We'll be the first ones to meet up at a Wawa or yeah. or somewhere, have a cup of coffee and chat, right? But what are what, those things nowadays? Back in the day, they used to meet at the bars. They used to meet at the restaurants. Sometimes with family, sometimes without family, depending on what it was. And they would have that decompression time. The, today's law enforcement doesn't really have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have these big meetups to where they can have that decompression. So maybe social media is that out for them. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like um, it needs to be the culture needs to be the the problem with fixing some of the bad things of being a first responder that happened to the people. The, the response was you're not a cop all the time. Right. So don't talk shop when, you know, don't just hang out with cops. So people literally were like, oh, like it like. I won't do that. And it's like, you kind of need to, like I see the benefit when I go hang out with my work friends, which is very rare. Cause I don't want to get a lot of time. I love it. Absolutely. We have such a good time because there's a couple beers. Sure. Everyone's having a good time. We're not at work. We're not in uniform and it's, you leave going, that was really refreshing. fun. Yeah. And, and refreshing. Yes. Right? So I know there's nothing like having a bourbon and a cigar with your boys, you know, yes. what I mean? from work because you need that time away from the stress of the job. My, I get my point is that those things are so far and few between yeah. that I feel like the younger the generation is going to go to where they express themselves the most, and that's social media. Ah, that's a great and, point. And that's where they're going to get their fulfillment, and then, uh, and they're going to mess up. They're going to put something out there that they think was just within their circle, or that they were just talking about the other day with their circle, and it's going to be a complaint, and it's going to cost them hours, or in some cases, their jobs. Yeah, because uh, well choir practice for where we work isn't an option because of a great thing. We have take on cars, right? I'm not going right. to give up my take <laughs> on cars. No, it's not but worth it. Other right. places, you know, the, the old school choir practice thing was everybody gets off a fucking hard shift. Everybody yep. was working and they all hit the bar together. Yep. They have one beer, maybe two. Then go and home go to their families. Yep. And yep. that I probably something like that. And I think there's good leaders now. I've seen, a lot. And we, we did a leadership episode where I talked about it as good leaders. The first thing you do when you get to a squad is you start building camaraderie Yep. and you know, it's hard because you're a leader, right? You're, you're a corporal or sergeant or something like that. And you have a squad full of young guys that yep. are, it's important to take them out to the bowling alley. 
I to me to take and do squad functions. The problem is, is that now, and I don't know the rules, but I would like to think that if something happened, oh. you guys were out and outing, and you were the organizer, right? Right. It's you're gonna hear about it. At oh least. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there may be some hell to pay for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's it's just it's scary. It's, it's job scary. security. And then the people look at it and go, "Is it worth it?" Yeah. And then so all of a sudden you have, and I'm a big proponent. Always have been. Uh, you know, God bless my wife. It's it's. I've always been able to kind of leave the stuff at the door when I come home from work. Try not to bring that in there. But what does that do? That makes my time, you know, away from them that I'm with my buddies more valuable to me because I'm able to have that release. You know what I'm saying? So I've been very fortunate in my career to leave everything at the door when I come home, focus on family, right? But then circle of friends or, like I said, that bourbon and cigar sometimes or, like you were saying, hitting the bar for a couple drinks. That's that's precious time, too, because I need that for my yes. uh, my release. And so, and the cops should not be afraid of that, in my opinion. Does it need to be alcohol? Absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not saying that has to be the case, but it's got to be the conversation. It's got to be with your people for that release, not just in uniform all the well, time. Well, and a lot of a big thing, a cool guy thing is like, Oh, I don't associate with cops. It's like, you know, these guys, and it's all fake. It's all what's cool and what's not right. cool. Like, I don't associate with cops on my days off. Like, okay, you're lying when you right. say that you don't want that. Right. Um, I get it that you absolutely should have people in your absolutely. life that aren't law enforcement. Correct. But it's the thing, like, I started a t-shirt company. I couldn't sell anything with a blue line on it. Right. Because the culture now is, that's stupid. Right. Like, okay, you're willing to go die for that. Lose right. your family. Lose, right. You know? You know, the stress of the job has caused many divorces, you know, many, many families to suffer. And yep. uh, you're willing to do all that, but you won't wear the one thing that represents us. And right. Like, okay. Well, right. Sorry. Right. And, you know, things like police week. I remember going when I was this tall to like when I was 14 and it was cops wearing cop gear, having fun. Now, yeah. if you want to have a if you want to have an apparel line that's law enforcement affiliated or not affiliated uh, based off that stuff. You cannot have blue lines on it, and it has to be indirectly tied into it. Really? Yeah, you can't just say, like, like support your local union. Like, I love, I love this. Is my right. one of my favorite shirts, and it was a hard sell because people are, you know, they're just not. I had haters going to hate. Right. Civilians bought that one. They love sure. it. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. But, like, the Police Week thing, you know, and, and like, you talk about that, that is... For people that go, and I've been fortunate and unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, because we put people on the wall, you know, every year. So that's the unfortunate part about it. But when I've gotten to travel and do that and represent, you know, our members here and the families of those fallen, that week is is very special to me for that reason to to obviously honor them and make sure their families are taken care of, because that's one of my responsibilities as well. Um, but it is also personally refreshing a little bit yeah. because you get that true camaraderie every everywhere you look. Uh, is, is a cop, you know, and they're carrying their yeah. badge. Where do you see that at? You know, the subway. Hell system. yeah. And the civilians wearing your yeah, badge. They're all over the place. And you're, it's a, such a weird culture because you're a bunch of cops. Uh, what, what's the bar? Uh, Kelly's. Kelly's. Kelly's and, Irish time. Yeah, and the, those cops that one week a year, yep. they're keeping you contained. Yep. And as long as you don't get too rowdy and it's right. like, it's a cultural thing that one, I mean, cops were literally, 51 weeks out of their, their life was very hard and stressful. That's their release. Yeah. And it's really cool because during the daytime, it's very serious. Yes. You're there for a reason. That's the whole point of police week. Yeah. At five o'clock, if you want to, sure. not everybody does, at five o'clock, it's Kelly's. It's, yep. you know, it's a good time. Yep. And then. 
And I'll tell you, the city does in the years past, the city does it right. Cause, and that's what's so also refreshing is the entire atmosphere changes that week for, for the, the law enforcement community. You know what I mean? I can remember being at when Scott Pine was killed and we were putting him on the wall. We were at Kelly's Irish time late in the evening. All of a sudden we hear all these lights and sirens, you know, coming in and the Capitol police, there were so many people outside of Kelly's that the Capitol police blocked off the intersection and the party spilled out into the street for that week. That's fun. And where, you know, could that ever happen here where we yeah. live? No, 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 no. We, there would be all kinds of complaints and permits that would have to be pulled to do that, but no, they just made it happen. And it's so cool to see our profession, you know, honored that week and not just the ones that obviously lost their lives, but the people that are still doing the job. And so I think it accomplishes both things that week. And that's why it's always been super special for me. So the last thing that I was going to ask you about, and this is, this is not just me. This is everyone going, sure. you're having a union guy on. <laughs> Every I think four or five. Did you six tell them people. who it was or not? No, because a lot <laughs> okay. of people are like um, they, they're not from here. Gotcha. And uh, oh, a lot of people that we work for, right, 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 right. And um, they want me to ask your take on my podcast. Um, some things that you think are good, and sure. some if there is, I'll I'll put it out there, and I won't edit it. Some things that you would be like, hey, I heard this saw it um, rains a little bit. If it, right, some right. touchy things that like. So, I mean, I gotta be, I've got to be honest with you, man. I've watched, I think it was a few weeks ago, you were up to like episode nine. I don't know what, what you're on now. I think we're about to post 16. 16. I watched like the first nine, right, before I started doing all this traveling. Well, I don't know oh, where yeah, I'm at yeah. yet. And I started watching it, and I, I like the edginess. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's cool, but I think it's also important for you to switch gears to when you have like more of these kind of discussions mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. But the biggest thing I would tell you is just is be careful with the agency identification stuff. You know what I mean? It's no more than the social media yeah. uh, thing about it. And I think you've done a good job on everything I've seen so far, uh, and certainly in our conversations today, is you, you know where that, that line is at, and you have the ability in editing yeah. <laughs> to do what you need to do there. But I think it's so important, uh, the topics that you've brought up sometimes, and your correlation between the military and law enforcement, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. You know what I mean? I, I've been doing cop work since I was 19. I never went in the military, yeah. right? Always loved the military, everything else. A lot of buddies that done it and everything else. But to see your correlation in those conversations with the military to law enforcement, was huge. I think it was super cool to see that. And, but you talk about some real, real issues. You know, I can remember talking to a couple of my counterparts that you probably talked to after I've watched it going, dude, he just talked about, you know, retention, you know, or camaraderie. And that's what we're dealing with. So it's nice that your platform's bringing it to uh, a, a wider viewer uh, or, or membership or, or just the people in the profession. You're bringing that more information, that real talk to them. So I think that's super, super important. Buddy, I'm telling you, I, I wish you the, the best in it. And however, you know, we can help you with our organization. We want to, we want to come alongside you with that. You know, yeah, I mean? we talked about doing something. Dude, we want to do it. So bad. I want, because like I said earlier in your podcast, I'm big on communication, right? But I'm not this communication czar. I don't have all the answers, right? So I want to surround myself with people that have different viewpoints, different ideas. I don't need yes people, right? Yeah. I want, I want people that can touch all of our members in a different, different way. And I think this podcast is, is definitely uh the way to go. I think it's super cool. And I hope that it continues to grow for you, man. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, uh, obviously the basic things, like I said, common sense. Yeah. And then, uh, I also, somebody, somebody actually told me once when I started this, a big thing that I didn't really think about at first is like, stay off Intel's desk. Yeah. I have, yeah. I've, I've talked about interviewing people. Um, and there's people that have had, um, either a past or ties. And I've had to tell people, I, I can't have you on. I can't yeah. be associated with you because you as a person, I'll just, it was a, uh, OMG mm-hmm. uh, outlaw, yep. an outlaw yep. and a uh, guys 
uh, war veteran, right. uh, self-employed, great dude. He's, he's got a killer profile. He, right. And, you know, he stands for great things. Sure. But he's fully... Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I just can't. It's and, and that's something you're going to have to like battle, you know, in this mm-hmm. and be very careful about because, you know, we have, we have to operate under c- clear guidelines in mm-hmm. our profession that we can't associate with certain groups of people. It, it is what it is. Known felons and all these other, yeah. and these radical groups and things like that. While, and that's what's unique about yours. We want those conversations with them. Like we should have conversations with them, right? We want to hear their perspective. We yeah. want them to hear our perspective. Um, but, Doing it in this format uh, exposes yeah. uh, you a lot as an employee, um, and so be very careful of that. But I can be honest, be honest with you, man. If cops aren't having conversations with those people, they're doing a disservice. Yeah, and I think it, it needs to be more of a uh, more of something like that rather than coffee with a cop. Which right. again, there's so many things that agencies do that they need to do. Sure, uh, people want to see that it has to be posted on social media. Right. It has to show that we're just not out arresting people. We're doing stuff. But on the cultural side of it, right. there needs to be like conversations that happen between, it doesn't have to be with uh, outlaws or, or convicted felons, but people that, like, I want to have a, a tattoo artist on here. I'm trying to convince him. He's ACAB. Right. That's just what it is. He's not sure. a felon. He's not affiliated. Right. I want to talk with him and say, you know, are all cops bastards? Right. Or maybe we can get up and shake hands and you can leave sure. going one cop is cool or understanding what his definition of that yes. truly is. Like what is his meaning of that? You know what I mean? And I don't think we should ever, again, we should never ever be afraid of having those conversations with people. I'm just a little weary about this platform for, as cool as it would be. And probably the need for it is for you. I don't know that, that how that plays into it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and you, that's something you're gonna have to be very, very careful about. Do you suggest, this is one thing that I've brought up to people and people have said, absolutely not. You're an idiot. Um, do you suggest at any point, um, with my particular agency that I work for, because I, I feel like this podcast, people from all parts of the country could see like, I like what he's doing. 99% of people are not going to a start a podcast because they just right. don't want to right. B, um, want to do something that's kind of like, I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm not teetering on the line, but it is, it's, it's a little risky, not, sure. you know, but maybe it could inspire other people to do the same thing. And then, you know, in 10 years you have, like you said, the communication flow and then it it starts to build camaraderie again. But do you, would you suggest somebody in my shoes approaching their admin about what they're doing and getting a more established guidelines? Because I always worry that at some point someone is going to see it and go, this guy might be a problem rather than communicating with me Early on, with, right. with my intentions and making sure I know I'm worried that they're just going to hit me hard and fast. Right. You know, Cause I would like to sit down with admin and go, this is my intentions with this podcast. This is what I plan to do. And this is what I understand what I can and can do and have right. them go, okay, we feel better. Right. We feel better. I don't know that you, I, first of all, I don't know that you owe them that. Let me be very clear about okay. that. Um, I don't think that you owe them that conversation, but do I think it's something that could benefit you and this podcast, hundred percent, because you know what you would know what your your lines are. You know what I'm saying. You have no obligation to make sure that they approve of of your topics and your guidelines. But like you said, if you want to take it to that further step, to where you have that communication on different agencies or, or inspire other people or different agencies to take on that kind of podcast role, why why not have those conversations? Yeah. You know what I mean. But are you bound to them? No, as long as you're not stepping outside the bounds, you do what you want. Yeah, because it would be good. It would be good to be able to tell people like, "Hey, this is how I progressed, and this is how I was successful." 
Um, this is what they were behind the scenes looking for. Right. You know, they wanted to know. And then once I gave them that good feeling, but, um, yeah, I guess I, it's, I don't have anything to hide. I think it's really good in what we're doing. And, and I'm trying to build a culture where it's, you know, again, I, I'm just so paranoid that the people are going to see it. Cause I, I don't trust, that's not saying I don't trust people, right? but I believe that when you, when you go a certain rank, your your the majority of your intentions shift. It does. And it's not for yeah. the people anymore. Like a sergeant, his his intentions are for his people. Where maybe somebody that gets a little higher up in rank starts looking a little bit more for themselves. For their I I would career. agree with that, but I will I will tell you, there's a lot of good people that still have their their character. They're becoming far and few between sometimes, but yeah. like their true character. But it's also the environment that. You know, these are these are the marching orders. Like they may have the solid intentions and support one thing, but if it's coming yeah. from a from the marching order, they're going to toe that line. And I necessarily can't blame them for that, as long as they don't give up their morals and their principles. You know what I mean? But I think in your world, it's going to in this podcast world, it's unique because it's definitely it's information, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the way our our employees for them, members for us, our brothers and sisters for you and I, that they're going to want to dive into. And this may be their out. You know, this may be their hey to hear the conversations that are going on. This may be their only other source of pure communication. Uh, I mean, look at me, for instance. They see me on Facebook, social media, emails, right? They've never seen me in this fashion, right? So this yeah. is a this is a maybe beneficial for them to see, hey, all right, our union guys are talking to him, having those conversations, and they, they may have learned something today that they've never heard before, or yeah. they've put a face with a name, whatever. So for the agency, I think, like, again, I want to make sure you understand, you don't owe them that, right? But I understand where your passion's at and why you want to would want to make sure all those boxes were checked and everything else, but sometimes that freedom that you have in this too, right? You don't want that kind of boxed in at all. You know what I mean? You know where your lines are already at, yeah. right? And we talked about those today. Um, I think you know, reaching out to them, certainly be happy to help you with that, um, may be beneficial, but at the same time, you, you got you to gotta do what you feel is right for your podcast and for your branding of the podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? And should not have that outside influence. As long as you stay within... yeah. The common sense thing. The common sense stuff. You know, the common sense is not so common. Well, it's pretty common here. It sounds like you're doing a pretty good job with staying within those lines and everything else, especially the fact that you edit stuff, you know, after the fact. It's not live and it's not diarrhea of the mouth and then all crap. It's out there on the internet and you can't do nothing about it. You know what I mean? I've had people on here where the podcast was nothing. The editing was hours and hours and hours (laughs) and hours. Right. I think it's cool, man. I think it's super unique. And I, like I told you before, man, the, uh, the FOP and for communication wise, I, I'd love to see this grow for you personally. And I'd like, you know, as one of our members to bring that, bring that to us. And maybe we could have some other kind of, you know, channel or some other kind yeah. of topics or whatever, because people, like I said, people can read, I can make the newsletter look all, all pretty. You know what I mean? But yeah, they're going to read it. You know what I mean? This, they may put on their phone, put their headphones in while at the gym, driving in their car, whatever. They're going to listen to that. It's more trendy yeah. for them. That's more re- real for them. Well, admin has positions, and this is a position in most agencies, is they have someone that is a social media face that, yep. that gets to put what they're doing into young, hip, uh, say it in young, hip ways at a right. younger generation. Like, you know, right. somebody that's 54 years old isn't uh, uh, maybe of like one race or gender or, you know, lifetime ago. So they might say one sentence. And a younger generation of a completely different culture might go, I don't, that, that's, yeah, not, and that's not cool. Yeah, and then they're completely turned off by it. But if it's regurgitated through right. somebody of that of yeah. the, that they can relate to, correct, the, it, the, the message gets sent and delivered. Right. And, 
in our in our in our agency that you and I work for, I think they've done a phenomenal job. Full full transparency. They've done a phenomenal job the past couple of years with engaging the things that deputies do on a day to day basis. Yeah. Uh, you know, people laughed about the storyteller, right? And and that position, <laughs> they did. They caught. They did. And it was because it, it was so. It was. It was. It broke the mold, right? Yeah. So I got to kind of tip my hat to it a little yeah. bit. I didn't agree without you know exactly how everything went down uh, all the time, but I, I understood and 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 hearing the reasons why they wanted to do that is because you you have to have so much positive stuff to when that negative thing comes, you that has to outweigh it with the community. Well, that's no different than what you're trying to do with with people that are are watching podcasts or even with our own employees and our brothers and sisters at our work is. We're just trying to reach them in a different way, you know what I mean, and have conversations with them and expose them to different, you know, thoughts and ideas and and in, in this particular podcast about their union, you know what I mean. May, they may have never had that interaction, so it's nothing different. And so I think it's important, a, for the agency to be able to do that, and for you. And if, if those two things can commingle at some point or on some level, I think that's I would definitely support that 100. percent Cool. All right. Yeah. We'll talk more about the. Uh, Amen. I want to do I it. I think I think that's a really good idea, and I think that's a good that's probably a good platform to. Uh, to with the right paperwork you could you could do certain things that maybe it wouldn't be smart for someone to do on their off time right if that makes sense right you know? no you're right no you're absolutely right you know absolutely you can right. make it official you could make it a thing that we're doing right permission 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 get all this box signed off and then you could do something that where it's not very smart for me to just do whatever i think is i don't know but all right well some of it's more pure that way though yes. you know what i mean and that and that's what i think is unique about uh, you, you know, your podcast is that like when I was watching it, you know, watching my phone or whatever's what the computer, I'm like, yeah, I may have been like, that may not have like, you know, like that particular segment, but I understood what they were talking about because it was real to me. I could see it. I could feel mm -hmm. it. That's, that's what's unique about the podcast and what, and what you're doing. And I'd hate to see you get boxed in, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? With content, you know what I mean? Or what you are and what you want, you should be true to yourself and what you feel your podcast should be. And so that may in, put some hindrance in it at the agency level, but there's definitely, in my opinion, space for that and whatever it looks like uh, within law enforcement and different different agencies. I think it's I think agency heads would be stupid not to embrace that. Okay. Cool. Anything else that uh we I'm fine I'm glad we finally got to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was a <laughs> I've been excited about it for a long time. So I'm telling you man, when you called we called and we talked about it, I, I was thrilled and all I told all my guys and my staff, I'm like, I'm gonna do this. They're like, you are? I'm like, yeah. That's usually like, it's yeah. usually um not so many people they're they want to but they're like eh. and then you'll get the I one get guy it. that's like i'll do it and everybody's like you're gonna do it and right. i'm like sitting here on my couch like right. waiting <laughs> and 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 that's the other thing you'll be careful about that sometimes because who knows what their their intentions are of it yeah. too you know what i mean and i think the uh i think what you're doing and, and the, the mindset you have with i think you're on the right path and uh like i said man I'm, I'm happy to do it and i'm gonna make some of my other people come do it if they get the invite too yeah absolutely. some of the people that you talked about I told him, hey, I, he told me I could bring somebody with me. Oh, maybe not this time. No, no, you're going to go next time. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, but uh, like I said, we'd, we'd, we'd love to see that, you know, transfer into the FOP side of it uh, mm -hmm. and, and communication with our members so that they're not only seeing stuff during negotiations. I want them to see everything we're doing, our, our topics or, or things like that. So I, I fully support it, man. I'm behind you. I think it's super cool and I'm, I appreciate you having me. Cool, man. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Absolutely.